Happy Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 142. Holy crap, can you believe it? 142 of Shut Up and Grind with yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So if you are new to the show, if you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like the video. If you're joining me on Facebook, like, share, because this is all good stuff we're going to be sharing. So why not share it? Don't be selfish and keep this stuff to yourself. So what what we talk about here, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds. We're about getting into the guest backstory. So if you are stuck in a rut or you need to make a pivot in your life and you're not sure how to do it, this is the show for you. If you have things that you want to overcome, if you have things that you're not sure how to face, this is the show for you. If none of that stuff applies to you, this is still the show for you because we bring the fire every single episode. And the guest that I have coming on in a few minutes, this dude's got energy for days, but we'll get there in a minute. But we're going to definitely have a dynamic, dynamic conversation. And again, if you're new to the show and you don't know who I am, let me tell you. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. You've got to know your work. All right, enough about me. Let's talk about you. So we're going to do today's teachable moment, and this is something that you can apply right now. Okay, I need you to love yourself wholeheartedly, more than anything on this earth, more than your children. Yes, more than your children, more than your parents, more than your friends. I need you to love yourself more than anything, because when you love yourself, then your soul gets lit up and then you can actually love your kids better. You can love your friends better. You can love your parents better. You can love your coworkers better. You'll have more passion in your job, but it all starts with self love. It's not selfish. It's necessary. You were put on this earth to shine. When you are not loving yourself wholeheartedly, you are not living up to your life's purpose. So that's what today's teachable moment is, is that you need to step into your power. You need to step into your greatness. And it starts with self-love. All right. So that's today's teachable moment. My son says that intro is fire. Damn right it is. It's probably the longest intro of any podcast out there. And I don't care because I was going to try try to shorten it, but I can't because every time I watch it, I get goosebumps. So it's like it's staying. 
So any which way, today we're going to be talking, well, actually, for those of you who watch the show, you know, we got several of you on now, you know, I talk a lot about emotional mastery, about emotional intelligence, about emotional discipline. And wouldn't you know what, out of the 7 billion people on this planet, I found someone who specializes in this area. Now, first, before I bring him up, I got to tell you, I was part of a panel, the media panel back in June. And so there were, I don't even know how, how many of us, but it was four hours and several people got to cycle through each room and they each gave us a two minute pitch. So when I was done with my room, the host put me into, this is virtually obviously. So the host put me into a different room a little early. And so while I was in there, this dude named Noble is just talking, hands are flailing. Like you, you could just tell he was really, really passionate about what he was discussing. I didn't know what he was talking about, but I was like, I got to get that dude on the show. I said, just from the sheer level of energy, because that's what it's about. Like when you're passionate about what you do, you just can't contain it. Like if I start talking about things, like people who know me know I can talk about it all day long. And it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to feel it. So like when people are into their passion, like you can feel their energy. And I felt every word that this man said that day. And I took away his bio. Hold on one second. This is live stream fail number 500 since I've been doing this. All right, here we go. So, so now this person is the person you'd least expect to be talking about feelings and emotions. An uncharacteristic fight with his wife a few years ago revealed a glaring issue that he was a jerk. I'm just kidding. It doesn't say that. It said that he was clueless when it came to handling his emotions. So now when I bring him on, don't let the big beard and the tattoos, tattoos fool you. Noble is a pure positive energy and passion. He is pure positive energy and passion. There we go. He brings 23 years experience as an entrepreneur and international keynote speaker to help corporate clients, entrepreneurs, leaders, influencers get their emotions working for them and not against them. Welcome to the show, Noble Gibbons. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Big man. You're off the chain, bro. <laughs> bring the fire, baby. That, that, that's what you got to do. Got to bring the fire every single day. That's right, bro. That, hey, I'm with your son, bro. That intro was fire, dude. That was awesome, man. <laughs> when, when I first had that made, it's like, obviously, I sent the clips out and stuff, but when... When they sent it back, they're like, what kind of music do you want with it? I'm like, I don't know. Like that, I sent it to you to make me a video. And so that was the first take she sent back. And I was like, that is hot. <laughs> I, I was like, it's long, but it's hot. <laughs> I, was right, like, right. I was like, I'm not, I'm not shortening it at all. Like it's staying right there. People that wa watch the show, they, they can go get their coffee while it's playing. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, man. So where, where are you joining us from? Colorado Springs, Colorado. Colorado. Nice. I was there once in 2017 and I loved it. Yeah, you got to come back and hang out, bro. It was off the charts. We love it out here, man. Let me let, let me tell you, I was stereotyping big time because I went out there in March. So you only know what what you see on TV or what you see or what you read in papers. So I expected there to be like six feet of snow. I expected it to be like sub-zero weather. It was 80 degrees all four days. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All four days. I was like, wait a second. This is not what I was expecting. That's right. 300 <laughs> days of sun, bro, and no humidity. 
Wow. It's awesome. Yeah, we love it, bro. We love it. Because we were in North Carolina on the East Coast for 23, 24 years. And so humidity, you know what I'm saying? And now in Colorado, man, we love it. You can do stuff, outdoor activities all year round, man. We love yes, it. Yes, love it. Yeah, like my, my daughter and I are going to go take a trip. We were supposed to go last year, but then all the flights got canceled and stuff. So, yeah, we're going to take a trip out there because I love the mountains and Colorado has lots of them. That's right. That's right. For <laughs> sure. For sure. Awesome. So are you originally from there? No. So born in Oklahoma, grew up in Illinois, college in New York, and then stationed in North Carolina for a handful of years. And then we just ended up staying there. Okay, nice. So what what appealed what appealed to you about North Carolina? So, well, North Carolina is where I was stationed in the Army. So I, I went to um, uh, graduated from uh, West Point and then uh, out of, you know, up in New York and then from West Point, I went to Ranger School, uh, Airborne School, learned how to jump out of airplanes. Then I was an infantry officer in the 82nd Airborne Division and then stationed at, at Fort Bragg at there at the 82nd Airborne Division. So we just understand okay. there. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess I guess the, the question was, like, why, why did you decide to stay there? In North Carolina? Um, <laughs> so... Uh, so the, the, the short answer is we had some friends there and then just my relationship with a lot of folks in the military. Okay. Gotcha. I, I may expand on that in the future, depending on how this podcast goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you will. All right. So, so we can connect with you. So how would you describe yourself? Who is noble? So boom. What? What? <laughs> Come on, man. You, you were waiting for that question. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. The EQ gangster, bro. So love it. That, that's me, man. It is uh the EQ gangster, you know. But the irony is, the irony is that I have been emotionally clueless for my whole life, except for the last few years where I started to become aware of all this stuff. And right. so, you know what I'm saying? So now, boom, this is my space helping people out. Uh, learn how to become healthier emotionally. Yes. All right. So, so what's the EQ stand for? E emotional quotient or emotional intelligence. Quotient. So, okay. yeah, we you you can interchange EQ or EI for emotional intelligence. Gotcha. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So you said you were from Oklahoma. So born in Oklahoma, grew up in Illinois. Yep. All right. So what was that? What was that like growing up there? So Oklahoma, I just remember a lot of cornfields and stuff. My dad was an ER doc. My mom taught Spanish. My dad was a big, giant white guy. My mom was a four foot ten little little Hispanic lady. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I look, I look like my dad, but my mom raised me speaking Spanish. So don't okay. let the color fool you. I can habla, bro. I can habla. <laughs> and when the bass drops, I can break it down too, man. I can break it down. <laughs> oh God, I love it. I love it. So, so I see. I see where that fire comes from. That, that's right. That's it. That's get it. That, get that Latin fire. That's I love it. it. That's it. Got to it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> All right. So, describe your relationship with your parents. So my dad, he, so he was an ER doc for 30 some years. He passed away about 10, 11 years ago. We were, we were really close. Yeah. He was, he was a genius, like a legit genius. So he had his social skills weren't super, super dialed in. So he was, a, you know, had a sometimes a little bit awkward time trying to connect and stuff. He did as, you know, as best as he could, yeah. uh, but just, you know, big giant brain guy and, and, um, 
One really interesting story when I was to kind of give you some insight on my dad, and then I'll talk about my mom. Yeah. So my 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 dad, I was in high school, uh, sophomore in high school, and we had 65 acres of woods on our property. He built our house. It was a log cabin, and he built okay. like 80% of it. And so one day in the winter, there's a foot of snow on the ground. He, he, he you know, I wake up, and I, I come upstairs it was probably on a Saturday and he says, uh, Hey, Hey Noble, uh, let's go for a walk outside getting a foot of snow on the ground. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, dad's trying to connect, get some quality time with the sun, you know, cool. He said, but, but take off all your clothes except for your underwear. Okay. And I was like, okay, <laughs> dad, you know, it's a foot of snow on the ground. What like what what you know what, what's what's going on? Is he not just just let's go for a walk, right? So I was like, okay, let's see where this goes, right? <laughs> so me and my dad, I got I got man, we even wearing shoes. I don't remember if we were wearing shoes or not, but we go outside. He's in his underwear, I'm in my underwear, and we start walking outside in in a foot of snow. Yeah, in, in you know probably thirty degrees, maybe twenty five degrees outside of Illinois in the winter. And, you know, I get 30 seconds in. I'm like, hey, dad, it's, it's cold, man. I'm, you know, he's like, hey, Noble, tell me, um, tell me where'd be your favorite spot to vacation, right? And I was thinking. I'm like, not here. <laughs> <laughs> and so we start talking about vacation and he's like, well, tell me about it. Like, what would you want to do on the vacation? I, so now, so boom. We so boom, we 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 do a full loop on our kind of around our property and stuff. We come back like 45 minutes later, and he said, wow. Noble, do you realize, bro, that we've we've been in 25 degree weather for like 30, 45 minutes, and and you haven't said you were cold since that first that first time you said it? And I was like, Oh snap. He yeah. said, No, the power of your mind. Yes. I wanted to just show you the power of your mind over your body. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yes. wow, dude, I had, I just had no idea that's what was going on. Right. But anyway, so that was an Easter of my dad, my mom, again, four foot 10 little Hispanic lady. She taught Spanish at Oklahoma university uh, to, you know, to the college kids there. And uh, mom raised me speaking Spanish. I call her the Tasmanian angel. She's four foot <laughs> 10. She's four yes. foot 10, bro. She's the only grandma I know that wears out the grandkids, bro. They are, mm. they are literally asking grandma, grandma, can you please put us to bed? You know I mean? <laughs> bro, she she does when we go hang out with her, she does two a days of Zumba, bro. And we gotta go with her. Mm, we it. gotta go with her, man. So me, you know, her son, the grandkids, right? We all gotta go to do two a days of Zumba with her, man. She is <laughs> wide open, bro. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love that. See, and get, getting back to the power of your mind, like in my fitness classes, you know, if we're doing whether it's planks or whether we're doing wall sets. I always tell people, bring your phone with you. It's like, bring your phone with it. Because, like, I'll say, all right, three-minute three, three minute wall sit, and they all start looking cross-eyed. It's like, just bring your phone, put on a YouTube video, and you'll be surprised how long you can hold this wall sit. Mm, you know? But it's like, if you, if you sit there and you just dwell on the suck of it, That's and right. if you're just staring at the clock, it's going to take an eternity. But That's right. put on something funny. Put on, put on your favorite comedian. And you just sit there and you just start laughing. Next day, it was like, holy crap, it's over already. That's right. You know? So yes. absolutely, the power of the mind is insane. Like, people always say love is, is the strongest force in the world, but it's it's really not. It's, it's willpower. Because, like, mm -hmm. you, can, you can lose love in a second. 
<laughs> right? Just think about it. You, you know, you look out the window, you see your significant other kiss, kissing someone else. Like that love is gone. <laughs> you know, like, you can lose it real quick. But but the power of your mind, like that force, is insane. Mm. Absolutely insane. Mm. All right. So to, uh, walk me through how you met your wife. So my wife and I. It's a funny story. So so again, I went to to college at West Point, and so my. My freshman year, one of the guys that was in my squad, there was about six or seven of us in our in my squad. He uh, he he's a he loves loves Jesus. I love Jesus, and he's like, hey noble, I've got this friend of mine who also loves Jesus, and I want you to read this letter from one of my friends. She's got some encouraging Bible verses and stuff, and I was like, okay, cool, man, I'll I'll check it out. So I read this this letter that she had sent to him. I'm like, yeah, dude, your friend really, you know, loves Jesus and has got some good Bible verse in here. Um, I said, hey, would you mind if I just sent her a thank you card just to thank her for encouraging me spiritually since you let me see the letter? He's like, yeah, no sweat. So I said, hey, uh, uh, Kathy, I have no idea who you are. You know, I've never met you before, but I read some Bible verses in the letter you sent sent to my buddy Aaron. Just want to say thanks. Have a nice life. And then and then my wife. So my wife got that letter, sent it to her or showed it to her mom and dad and said, hey, mom, this is the guy I'm going to marry mm. from that first letter. And then we started writing. We wrote old school snail mail. Yep. I know that's crazy. Old school <laughs> <laughs> for eight months before we ever met each other or okay. talked on the phone or anything. So it was kind of old school. And then wow. we met at a big physically. We met at a big Christian uh, com- uh, college missions conference back in Illinois, way back in the days. And so second day I proposed and, and boom, she moved up to West Point and uh, for my last couple of years, so we can kind of get to know each other. And then we got married the day after I graduated from West Point at the cadet chapel. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so now I, I, I typically dive a lot deeper into the backstory, but given today's subject, like I want to spend a lot of time on that because a lot of people struggle with this emotional intelligence, emotional mastery. And so take take me through the moment. You said you know you had this fight with your wife that changed everything. So just like walk me through what happened and then what you took away from that experience. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to actually do a little rewind even before that. So okay. we all, and here's why. All of us get our emotional foundation from our childhoods. Lottie yeah. Dottie, everybody. I don't care yeah. who you are, we get our emotional foundation from our upbringing, True. whether that's yep. good or bad. Yep. So yep. my family, like I told you about my dad, told you about my mom. So the, what I didn't tell you is the way, you know, my generation, I'm old school guy. I'm cool Modi age group. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Old school, little Simon <laughs> and Garfunkel, little cool Modi, Eric B and Rakim. You know Eric B. Microphone fiend. That's right. And so, uh, and so what happened was it, it, our, gen, you know, my generation, my parents' generation, we didn't talk about emotions and feelings at all, at all. So when we got what I used to call intense family fellowships, IFF, right? When we had an intense family fellowship, when we had an argument, we'd yell and scream at each other in, in my house. And then we'd go off, stomp off into our respective corners of the house, come back an hour later and literally act like nothing happened. Like, oh, hey, what's for dinner? Hey, who's the Bears playing this weekend? What's all, you know, what's on TV? Like, literally act like nothing happened. So I learned from a very early age, I guess all this intensity I'm feeling inside, I guess it doesn't matter. So 
what I'm going to do is I'm just going to stuff and avoid. So I learned my whole entire life from the jump how to stuff and avoid. Now, when you're a kid, it starts out as a cute, furry, fuzzy little monkey stuffing my little emotions and feelings down in my basement, locking the door. That's fine. But what happens is emotional injury after emotional injury after emotional injury, all those emotional injuries feed that cute, furry, fuzzy little monkey. But then when you become the time you're, you're my age and you're old school and you've done decades of stuffing all your emotional injuries, now that cute, furry, fuzzy little monkey is an 800-pound gorilla that yep. you can no longer keep locked in the basement. Yes. So what happened was four years ago, I yelled at my wife three times in three weeks, and she said three things. Number one, don't ever do that again. Number two, you've never done that before, which means number three, you got more issues than Time Magazine, bro. Right. And so, so I couldn't hold that 800 pound gorilla lock anymore. It came out by me yelling at my wife three times. And then I almost yelled at my daughter. So my daughter at the time was, was, well, there's one time when she was like 10, 10 years old, 10, 11 years old, started to hit that kind of pre preteen hormonal, emotional cocktail, right. That was going on. And, and she immediately went to an emotional 10 for, I don't even know what it was. Well, guess what? Because I had no emotional awareness or emotional management control, yeah. I immediately went to a 10. And I got so angry because of some childhood stuff that I had never worked through or healed from. Yeah. I went through a 10. I almost lost it. I almost yelled and screamed at her. I almost started throwing stuff. I had to physically remove myself from the room because I was shaking so, so bad. Yes. And I and, and what and what happens? I was it terrified me how angry I got, and I'm like, and then about that time is when I yelled at my wife. I'm like, man, no, I I gotta I I gotta fix this, man. I can't. And what, again, that 800 pound gorilla, I couldn't control it anymore. I yes. couldn't control my emotions anymore. So then I went to counseling. My counselor introduced me to these two revolutionary new concepts. Big Rob, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Feelings and emotions, right? And I was like, what? What in the world? Is this like Harry Potter sorcery voodoo stuff? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about feelings and emotions, bro? Right? And so, and so, boom, he started me on this emotional growth journey. About two years into the emotional growth journey, all these different areas of my life started to change. My faith, my, my marriage, my parenting, my finances, my fitness, all these different areas started to change. And I'm like, babe, I can't be the only emotionally coolest guy out there. There's got to be other nobles out there. Let me start a podcast, and that started the whole journey. Yes, let, let me just jump in real, real quick because I don't, I don't want that thought to, to get buried, even though you just said it again. And being a man, like when we're younger, you know, with, with the old school parents, we were basically taught that you don't show your emotion, you know, because like that's something. Even for me, like in the last few years, uh, you know, maybe the last three years or so, because like my ex would call BS on that, but like the last three years or so. I've been working on it more, you know, now that that I'm single and I'm not trying to attach myself to anyone else, I can actually sit back and actually realize that it's okay. Like I've done a couple videos about the power of being vulnerable, you know, and as it says above us, your true power lies in your story. You know, so the more that you just come to grips with what happened and just like you said, you'll find someone else out there that's going through what you're going through. And as you help that person get through it, you're also helping yourself heal from it. 
you know? So facing that vulnerability is actually the ultimate strength. Like I got I got in front of a crowd of people before last the last event before the world shut shut down. This was on March 1st last year of 2020. And I got up there and I was talking about the passing of my father and just going through that whole process, you know, and, and you get teary eyed and you're in front of all these people. But it's like, you know what, the fact that I can stand in front of them, let that emotion show, you know, let that vulnerability be present. Everybody respects that. It's like that's such an act of strength that we need to let. And, and I'm guilty of this with my own kids. Like I have three boys and, you know, you go back, you know, my oldest is 22 now. You know, so like you go back to his younger as man up, son, come on, stay up. Wipe those, wipe those tears before we get in there. And like So as men, we're kind of preconditioned to not show emotion. That's exactly right. The Western, from my you know research and studying over the past four years, our Western culture of, of manhood actually in this particular area is harmful yeah. because of that reason. We train young boys to, to not recognize our emotions. And here's the deal. The thing with emotional intelligence, real quick, let me define it. So emotional intelligence is the ability to acknowledge, identify, process, and manage your own emotions and the emotions of others. The goal of emotional intelligence and emotional health is not to be a, a warm, fuzzy, kumbaya, rainbows and skittle farts. Man, that's not the, <laughs> that's not the goal. The goal is so that our so we can get informed by our emotions and manage our emotions and not be controlled by our emotions. There so, it is. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's to and, and as a leader as, and as an influencer, I want to make better decisions. But if you ignore those emotions, th those are signals and signs and data and input for us to learn from. Okay, oh, I'm feeling some kind of way. Well, why am I feeling this kind of way? And if yeah. you if you shut that off and just say, oh, well, I'm just going to be logical. Well, you're a robot, and you're going to miss out. Like, not only are you going to be be a robot, but you're going to make decisions that is not going to factor in the feelings and emotions of other people, which is yeah. not going to be. It's it's going to create a very emotionally unhealthy and toxic culture and yeah. organization if you don't recognize the human side, the emotional side of, of people and, and humans. And as you said earlier, it's going to fill that emotional bucket. And then then one day, it's going to be something so stupid, you're going to turn on your light and the light's going to blow out and that and you're going to blow a lid. And, and it's not even about the light, it's about something else. So as I'm working with people, even in the gym, you know, like I'll, I'll see people kind of kind of dragging ass and I'll come over I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, uh, I'm just tired today. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, what is what is going on? Yeah. And it's like you can you can open up to me. It's like, what is going on? And then people will go out for a run and I'll, I'll keep one person back. I'm like, tell me what's happening. And then it's like, oh, you know, my my husband left a couple of days ago. We haven't spoken. And it, like, it, it's always something else festering. That's and right. people always feel better. Once they talk to someone else, that's right. You know what I mean? So that's it's like, exactly we, right. we just have to get over that stigma that you're being weak. If you need to talk, because it's the same thing with, with women. If some, someone goes through, through a divorce and then people are just trying to quickly tell them to get over it. You know, it's like, it's like people grieve in different ways. Like for someone like me, I handle things pretty well, but like my brother, he takes things very, very hard. Like with the passing of my father, 
like we knew it we, we knew it was coming so i was i was emotionally prepared for it mm. where they, it hit my brother like a ton of bricks like he, mm. he went into a depression for like almost three four months i want to yeah. say like my my nephew put on 25 pounds you know because he was close with my dad as well so like people and it, it's not for me to say you guys need to handle this the way i am you know like and yeah. that's that's where people go wrong and that's why people shut off you know because they're that's afraid right. of that go ahead that, no, that's exactly right. You're exactly right. Everyone processes their emotions differently. But here's the thing is most people don't intentionally process their emotions. Yeah. And, and that's where that's where the danger can be. Uh, so a, a couple a couple cheesy quotes and a couple thoughts here. So I'm a cheesy quotes guy. Yeah. Unaddressed emotional issues do not get better over time. They actually compound. I'm going to say that yes. again. Yeah. Unaddressed emotional issues do not get better over time. They actually compound compound. Number two, episode 59 on my podcast, EQ Gangster, the guy I was interviewing told me this. He said, Noble, if you don't deal with your emotional issues, your family will. Yes. yes. Right. Your family, your friends, your colleagues, which leads me to quote number three, every day and in every relationship, we are on the receiving end of each other's emotional intelligence or lack thereof. Yep. Every single day, right? So Which leads me to point number four. Pain and bitterness that's not transformed will be transferred somewhere else in your life. Yes. Pain and bitterness that's not transformed will be transferred somewhere else in your life. Which leads me to point number five. I encourage everybody to start an emotional fitness program that they incorporate into their life on a regular consistent basis in order to get healthier emotionally. You can't just read one book. You can't just listen to one podcast and all of a sudden you're emotionally healthy. Just like I couldn't go to to do one workout with you. And all of a sudden like, I'm, Hey, I'm good, Robert. I don't need it anymore. I'm good for the rest of my life. No, if I want to be physically fit, I've got to stick with that, have some sort of fitness program for the rest of my life, just like you do emotionally and mentally. And so yeah. I've got a little thing that I do called Go Aped, Go Aped, A-P-E-D, to go along with that, that gorilla analogy, that 800-pound gorilla. Yeah. So A is acknowledge your feelings and emotions. Acknowledge them. How do you do that? For beginners like me, four years ago, go to Google, Google emotional wheel, emotional wheel. That will be a, a wheel that will print that you can print out. I recommend sticking it on your desk at your office. Sticking it on a refrigerator at home. And when you go to acknowledge your feelings and emotions, pull out that emotion wheel and, and go through and figure out which are all the different emotions that you're feeling. Number two, the P. So that's A, acknowledge. P is permission to feel. Give yourself permission to feel whatever emotions that you acknowledge in that first step in A. Go through and say, okay. I'm feeling sad right now. Now, the body from researchers and psychologists have been doing this for 40 years have said it takes the body 60 seconds to 90 seconds for the body to feel an emotion. So set your watch alarm for 60 seconds or your phone for 60 seconds and say, okay, I'm feeling sad. Let yourself feel sad for 60 seconds. Then go to the next emotion that you acknowledge in the in the A section up there. Well, I've, I felt rejected. Okay, so feel rejection for 60 seconds. Then go to the next emotion, right? However many emotions you acknowledge. And and A, now you go to P again. Give yourself permission to feel. Number three, express. 
express those emotions. There's a lot of research in the power and the healing power and the catharsis in documenting and journaling how you feel and just journaling. So, so APE, acknowledge, permission to feel, express. So express and journal. There's three ways you can do that journal. You can write, say, for example, if you have faith, you can write to God. Hey, God, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling really upset right now, or I'm feeling really sad right now. I'm feeling really depressed. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling excited or whatever. Write a, a letter to God. Or number two, if, if there was somebody that caused you to feel that way, you can actually write that letter to that person. Maybe, you know, my dad, I lost my dad again 12, 10, 11 years ago. I can write a letter to my dad that passed away. Yes. Write him a letter. Express how, how I feel about my dad. If, if someone upset me, maybe me and Robert got in a big fight, right? Let me write a letter to Robert. Hey, Robert, man, I really was upset when you said this. Da, da. Now, here's the thing. When you write that letter to the other person, that doesn't mean you have to send it to them. It, yeah. it helps to focus and intent the, the, the emotions and feelings that you were feeling towards that person, but you don't have to send it. You can burn it. You can throw it away. You can file it. You don't have to give it to them. It's just catharsis in just writing that letter. Number three way to express is through bullets, right? Just bullets. Hey, here, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. And then D, so go aped, A-P-E-D, D is discuss. Discuss with somebody else how you're feeling. Just like Robert said a little bit earlier, there's so much power in just talking to somebody else about how you're feeling. There's there's there, there's tremendous power in ha- in, <clears throat> in having a, a an emotional social support network, which is why the past 18 months have been so brutal on so many people when you lock up social and relational beings like people for 18 months, there are all kinds of issues that are happening that the media is not talking about. Right. Everyone's talking about COVID and masks and vax and all this kind of stuff. Where's people talking about depression and suicide and domestic abuse and violence and addictions? No one's talking about that stuff, but that's impacting as many people and maybe more as the COVID is. Right. So emotional health and mental health has never been more important than in, than in the last 18 months of what's been going on. Agreed. That that was awesome. <laughs> that was absolutely awesome. It's like what I what I try try to tell people too is to like forgiveness because like a, a lot of that stuff, a, a, like a lot of that stuff stems from forgiveness, and people think that forgiveness is external, and it really isn't. It's internal. It's like and people also they equate forgiveness with forgetting, you know, or moving on with forgetting, and you don't have to for, for, for like forget to forgive. So I tell people like the first conversation you need to have kind of like writing a letter to yourself is with you in the mirror, you know? And I tell people that with fitness, they're like, Oh, well I let myself go. And this happened, that happened. This is why I gained weight. I have no energy. I said, okay, you need to, everything you just told me go into the mirror, tell yourself that same thing. And then promise yourself, you're not going to let it happen again. Mm. You know, and, and I feel it's the same thing with this. Like when you're overrun with emotions, you know, go into the mirror and discuss with yourself what you're feeling. What is this doing to me? How is this affecting people around me? Is this affecting my, my behavior? This affecting my actions and my speech? You know, it's like, am I influencing my children in a positive way by, by feeling like this? You know, and then once you come to grips with your starting point, then it's easier to make 
changes. But what we want to do, we want to find other people going through what we're going through so we can kind of validate the feeling rather than trying to figure out why the feeling is present. Right. Absolutely. No, that's great. Love it, Robert. Love it. Yeah. So I, I think if you if you do that, you know, you just and what I again, what I recommend is, man, create an emotional fitness program. Yes. The, the, the more consistent you can be with your emotional fitness program, the, the healthier emotionally you're going to be. I lost 50 pounds, not as a result of a diet, but as a result of getting healthier emotionally. I had no idea that one of my coping mechanisms was eating. I had no idea that was, but that was how my dad did it. So I didn't, I didn't know that, but that's how my dad did it. Guess what? That's what I learned as well. That was my stress coping mechanism was eating. And I've been an athlete for, for my whole life, but because I, I never realized the emotional connection of why I was eating all the time. So as soon as I started to get healthier emotionally, all of a sudden, because I exercise, I do Brazilian jujitsu, you know, four or five days a week. And so, but now that I'm eating, now that food doesn't consume me because I've got an emotional fitness program, now the LBs are slowly starting to come off. Yes, absolutely. Well, because like it's proven that stress affects cortisol levels, which affects your metabolism. But just think about this. You're a father, right? Yep. So just think about this. And as we open the show, talking about the power of the mind, think about infants. A lot of parents make this mistake. Yeah, damn it. I'm calling it a mistake. They make this thing that every time the baby cries, they stuff a bottle in, in the baby's mouth. So already from infancy, they're they're correlating stress with food. You know what that's I mean? Like that's where that comes from. And now I'm I'm no doctor. Every like everybody that watches the show knows I dropped out of college, but that doesn't mean I'm dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it's like I've gotten educated in other ways. But that's one thing whenever people talk about stress, stress eating, and, and I listen to clinical psychologists talk about this stuff, and I'm not trying to, to discredit them at all. But like nobody takes it all the way back to infancy. You know what I mean? It's that's like right. when the body is under stress and then the parent just immediately shoves a bottle in their mouth. Like that's, that's right. where that's where it starts. Yeah, that's right. That's great. That's a great point. Excellent point, bro. Excellent point. Yes. And, and because the other thing too is like, how many of us, how many people do you know that are actually trained in how to acknowledge, identify, process, or manage your emotions? Yeah. Hardly anybody. But yeah. yet we all have emotions and feelings, but yet we wonder why there's so much dysfunction in our world today. How many of us are trained to handle and process and manage our own emotions and the emotions of other people? Hardly anybody. See, and so- that- Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, and that's where it goes back to understanding the personality types. Because I know the different personality types, everybody receives information differently. People process information differently. For like someone like me, I'm very type A. I have very high confidence. Like my older daughter, like she's more sensitive. Like she's a feeler, you know? So like if... If I, I could go upstairs right now and be like, all right, let's uh, hop in the car. We're going to go to Dave, Dave and Buster's. Let's be like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, like, wait a second. What what are we doing? What time are we leaving? You <laughs> know what I mean? And it's like, whereas me, I'd be like, let's go. And I'll just jump up and off we go. But not not everyone can process that that way. There are people that need to just know every last detail. Absolutely. You know? there's, there's people that need to know the process. 
You know, there's people that want to know who's going to be harmed along the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, so, and then it just goes back to the educational system. And this is not a knock against teachers. This is the system where it's, you try to teach everyone the same way, but not everyone learns the same way. That's why, that's one of the biggest reasons why I dropped out of college. Cause I could not sit there with 600 other kids and listen to that boring, boring professor talk for two hours like that just wasn't good for me so i ended up traveling the country going to different workshops learning the stuff that i needed to learn to be successful and where it's nice smaller more hands-on you could ask questions so you could get help if you needed it and that that works for me now like my oldest son he graduated with college my daughter she's a junior in college you know so i'm not saying anti-college but like my daughter is very studious like she she loves the challenge of that work that environment worked for her. You know, like with my oldest son, school school was not his strong point, but he wanted to be a mechanic. So he went to a trade school, you know, got, got his mechanics uh, certification and he's a mechanic now. So it's like two same, same parents, two different sets of personalities, two different sets of ideals, but yet they're trying to be taught the same. Like it just doesn't work. Right. That's exactly right. One of the things that, that I do is, is, I do. I've been studying personality for for two twenty five years now, over two decades. Yep. And you're you're exactly right. Every personality, and I'll just use the DISC model. A lot of people yeah. are familiar with the DISC model. Yep. The dominant personality, the influencer, the steady, and the conscientious are the four main personality types using the DISC model. Every one of those personality types processes and values information differently. Yep. And it's so helpful to understand not only how we're wired, right? The self-awareness, emotional intelligence is split up in four different categories. This is the kind of the industry standard model, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, social management, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, social management. And each of those four personalities processes differently in those four different areas. Now, here's another thought is that there are emotionally healthy versions of each of those four personality styles. There are also emotionally unhealthy versions of each of those personality styles. Yeah. I was the emotionally unhealthy version for most of my life because I was a people pleaser addict and I was emotionally needy for 98% of my life until three or four years ago when I started this whole journey. Yeah. Now I'm a much healthier, emotionally healthier version of my personality style because I'm not emotionally needy anymore and I'm a recovering people pleaser addict. So now uh, people's opinions and all that kind of stuff does not have the same control over me like, like they used to. Yes. Yeah, see, and in that regard too, like working with people to tell their stories, I let people know you don't have to please everyone. I'm like there's 7 billion people on the planet and the rock has less than 300 million followers. And he's like one of the biggest known stars. That just lets you know how small your circle really needs to be for you to make an impact. So it's like, you don't have to bring your message to the world. You just need a handful of people that believe in, in your message and your mission. Like that's, that's all you need. And once people realize that, cause I was that person too. Like a lot of the stuff I'm teaching now, people who knew me 20 years ago would be like, you're teaching that. You know, but it's like you can grow, you know, you can grow, you you can learn. And where it happened for me, I was a restaurant manager. I'm actually a certified facilitator in True Colors, which came before DISC. 
You know, so like Disc played off of the True Colors. True Colors came after Myers Briggs and then before Disc. Got so, it. So like once I went through that process, because I became a manager young, like I was fifteen when I was I was supervising a small diner. I became wow. a gen- I became a general manager at nineteen. So when you're a kid, basically working with all these grown ass people, and people are bitter that the kid got the job over them, but it's like my work ethic was unmatched. I had to learn the whole people piece. And so I'm thinking I got to puff up my chest and I got to yell. I got to be loud and let them know like I'm in charge, damn it. And I'll never forget. This was in 1994. Can't remember anything else that happened that, that year, but I remember this. So my area director comes in and he tells me, he's like, he's like, Robert, he's like, your talent is unmatched. Your work ethic undeniable he just going through through the whole thing so like i knew the shit sandwich was coming <laughs> and so and so so he says but until you learn how to talk to people he's like you're limiting how far you can go wow and i was like all right but then when it really flipped so i started to get more aware of it you mm-hmm. know like so i was like rob stop swearing at people <laughs> it's, like, it's like you can you can get your point across in other ways so so the self-awareness started to kick in but it, it was once I got selected to so I, I used to be a manager of, of a buffet in a casino and so I got selected they were they, they picked 25 of us out of the 2500 employees to go through this human dynamics training and so it was about guest service and and a big part of it was getting certified to teach true colors and mm-hmm. as I went through that process, that's where they, they showed you like someone who is a D. These are the things they thrive on. These are the things that stresses them. You know, here are your influencers. Here's what they thrive on. Here's what their stressors are. And then like after that whole process, like it was it was 40 hours, you know, like it, like we were in there an entire, entire week. Like it was a very, very in, uh, tough intensive. But after that process. I, like you just start dealing with people. And it's like, this stuff is spot on. It is absolutely spot on. And that's where I started becoming a connector mm. you know, versus someone who was just talking to people and, you know, regurgitating what the rules are and holding them to their standards. I became a connector. Cause like now I was, oh, it's all right. So if I talk to this person this way, I'll, I'll get them to reach their potential. If I talk to this person this way, I'll get them to reach their, their potential. Now, instead of trying to get the 200 employees to all do what I do, like I had to learn to do what I do to connect with each one of them. Right. That's right. Love it. Love it. And, and what a blessing that you had exposure at, you know, at that age, you know what I mean? You know, earlier on in your life, that's, that's so powerful, man, because, you know, because you're right. I mean, in order for us as leaders and, and, and influencers to bring the best out of other people, it's it's really critical to understand how they're wired and, and also how, how you're wired so that you know, okay, I'm an I, Robert's a D. Okay, so based on how I'm wired and how he's wired, this is how I need to communicate with Robert to bring the best out of Robert, yes. right? That kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's so helpful, man. And then, again, to ask yourself, you know, like we, so I said before, is like how, how you know, Am I the emotionally healthy version of an I or or not? And and if not, what's my plan to get healthier emotionally? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so with with you understanding disc, I'm a high D, I'm a high I, very low S, 
very low C. Yeah, you, you didn't have to tell me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? What do you think my desk looks like right now? <laughs> hey, the same as mine. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's so spot on. So like when I hire an assistant, like I need someone who is a high S and a high C. That's right. You know, like I don't need someone who's right, who's the same as me, because then we're going to be butting heads. <laughs> you know, so it's like someone, someone that doesn't want to be in charge. They, they don't want the limelight because, you know, the influencers, we want the limelight. Give me the, give me all the lights. Give me all the microphones. Give me all the cameras all day long. But t- tell me I got, oh, I got to do my taxes. You know what I mean? It's like, like that, that stuff, it just doesn't do it for me. Right. And I, I constantly preach on this show about being selfish. You know, because selfish always has a negative stigma to it. Because if you're if you're using people or using things for personal gain, that's the negative part of selfish. But if you're if you're doing self-care, self-love, self-awareness, you're worried about um, what's the last one? Self-esteem. Working on your self-esteem, working on your self-confidence. That's where being selfish is your friend. You know, and like like we started this show, when your light is shining, like when your soul is burning, burning bright, everyone around you benefits. That's everyone right. does, but it starts with you. That that's right. You know, it's like the it's like the airplane analogy where you've yes. got to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on your family. And yep. so much, I'm going to use a, a reference from. I'm not trying to preach here, but it's a great it's a great story. Yeah. Matthew 25, 14 to 30 talks about the parable, of the talents. And this entrepreneur had three employees for his business. Yeah. He gave one, the one entrepreneur, he gave him five talents, five, let's say five grand. The next guy he gave two grand. And the last guy he gave one grand based on their abilities and stuff. And he was going on a vacay with the fam down to Miami or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Or you know, however he traveled, right? So he comes back. And, you know, after a couple of weeks or whatever, and says, hey, he said, hey, invest my money, make me some money while I'm gone. The first two employees double the investment that the entrepreneur made with these two employees. The last guy who he gave one talent to or a uh, grand wit to the last guy buried the money in the backyard because he was afraid of the of the entrepreneur. Well, here's the story, how it comes full circle. So I was that I was that guy. Really, I was I'm mm. two of those guys. I believe God gave me five, five talents, right? Five, you know, lots of skills and talents and abilities, but I handled them like the one talent. I buried them in the backyard because I was afraid. I let fear people, again, my people pleasing addiction, right? And so then that's why I got this one right here. This tattoo here is second Timothy one, six and seven, which says fan into flame, the Mm. gifts that you have been given versus seven says, for we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. Yes. So how can I bring my gifts to the world if I'm like, oh, crap, what's Robert going to think? What's all these people going to think? Oh, I'm scared. Man, to bring our gifts to the world, man, we got to come. We got to come all in. We got to come bold and powerful. And like you said earlier, Robert, not everyone has to like me. Not everyone has to like my message. And yeah. even if five people like me or my message, like even if 10 people, whatever that is, that just you got to bring your gifts and talents to the to bear to the world. But the way to do that, though, for me, for that I have found is I had to get emotionally healthy in order to do this. Yeah. That I had to get it when I wasn't emotionally healthy. I do. I've read I do. I've read a thousand books on personal development and leadership and personal mm-hmm. growth. 
None of that stuff worked. Affirmations and visualize. None of that stuff worked because the underlying stuff below that was all my emotional dysfunction. Yep. As soon as I started to heal all the emotional dysfunction, then I started to be able to bring my gifts to the world boldly, not ashamed, no fear, powerful, loud, and proud, and not sweating people's opinions and thoughts and just being obedient to the gifts and the skills that God's put in my heart that I've been honing and developing over the years. Absolutely. I, I love it because when I started this show, I wanted to do a debate show also because some debate shows are just absolute just garbage like people just screaming at each other they're slinging insults they're not even talking about the topic at hand but i held off because of all that Mm -hmm. you know that people getting twitter dragged and facebook dragged and uh, and i was like but but i but i got opinions and i'm sure there's people out there that either want to hear my opinion or they want to hear why it's like my that's my thing with the debate show it's like why did you get the vaccine why did you not get the vaccine why? Right. You know, it's like, I'm not here. I'm not here going to try to tell you, you should, or you should. I just want to know why you made that decision. That's it's like, right. that's, that's the point of having a debate. And so finally I was like, you know what? Like I just heard my dad's voice. Like I felt his presence just like, I didn't teach you to hold back. Mm. You know, it was like, I didn't teach you to bite your tongue. You know, it's like, it's like I raised you for 45 years and now you're going to sit back. Because you worried about what somebody's going to say about you? Because he never cared what anyone said about him. Never, never, never. That dude said what was on his mind. He didn't care if he hurt somebody's feelings. Like he, he just he did not care if it needed to be said. He said it. Wow. And so once I started it. I was like, you know, our first topic was on critical race theory. Like my, my daughter actually does it with me. And oh, awesome! Then, uh, yeah, and I'll do a shameless plug here. See, this yeah. is me, me and the kid. You know, so so oh, we, that's so awesome. We, so we do that Mondays, Mondays at eleven, and we just discuss. You know, I like there's it. no there's no yelling and screaming, and because right. like like I did not get the vaccine, she did. You know, it's like, right. and I have reasons. She has reasons, right? You know, and so and then some people want to tell me you're selfish or this. I'm like, you don't know my reasons. You know, and like, and don't tell me that there are no reasons because there are. There's reasons for everything. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So That's right. like if, if two people get into a fight, there's a reason why it escalated. Right. <laughs> you know, when right. when people call the cops, what's the first thing they do? They show up and they ask questions. Right. right? So right. I, I got questions. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, and so I was like, you know, maybe maybe 10 years ago, I wouldn't have openly admitted that because sure. other people are going to have, have an issue with my, my decision. It was like, the end of the day, it's my decision. So right. I, I, I just shared that part because getting back to where that's relevant to what we're discussing is your emotional mastery. See, and, and I like the word mastery because it just it just takes it to another level, in my opinion. You know, it's right. like emotional mastery, but it starts with you. Right. And like I said earlier, the conversation you had to yourself, like people ask me, Rob, what motivates you to, to stay in shape? And I said, because being unhealthy sucks. <laughs> that that that's all I needed. I, I was overweight one time, once, oh. and it sucked. Mm. I couldn't run. I couldn't play basketball. Every joint hurt. I couldn't walk upstairs without breathing heavy. Like you know, what I, mean? I I couldn't run around with the kids. I'm like, this sucks. So I would much rather like I'm like your 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 mom. I go outside with with, with the kids. They're they're tapping out after like ten minutes. I was like, <laughs> I'm 47 and you're tired. 
I'm like, I got shorts older than you. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, but but it's like I decided I am never going to feel that again. And then even once I got out of this last relationship, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be be single for a while. I'm just gonna work on me. I want to mm-hmm. reflect on these because you know, as bad as it sounds, I was that guy. One relationship ends, the relationship starts. You know, so so I never in 23 years, I never gave myself any downtime. So you end up repeating the same mistakes over and over, That's you know, right. just thinking, oh, oh, new, new person. Okay. So, so she'll, she'll deal with all my BS. New person, she'll deal with all my BS. And it's like, I think it's time for me to work on my BS, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, but, but that's something that I had to make the decision. It's that's like, right. I, I need to step back and look at where are you going wrong? Not what, this is what she did. Cause that's what people do. Everything is point, 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 point. It's like, all right, where did I go wrong here? Like, how mm-hmm. did I let it escalate to this point? Right. And then once I worked through all of that stuff, see, the problem now is like I used to being single. <laughs> so, right. so, so like, I don't know if I could integrate again. <laughs> right. You know, but anyway, but it's just the fact that I was able to step back and be like, you know what? Like, I did this. Yeah. You know, so it's like I did. I can say, oh, she wasn't attentive enough or she wasn't there. She wasn't as adventurous. Like it, it's very easy to blame others. Right. But then when I sit back and like maybe I didn't listen well enough. Right. Maybe, maybe I didn't compromise enough. Like I wanted her to compromise to all the things I wanted wanted to do. But maybe I didn't compromise enough to the things she wanted to do. Right. That's you know, right. And then, then once I started putting it back on me, then it's like, OK. All right, I get it. So like this, this is my fault. Like I'm here because I put myself here. So now what steps am I going to take to make sure I don't repeat that should I decide to date again? You know, and and I just want to work on being a best version of me and teach my kids to become the best versions of themselves. That's right. But it it started with me. Love that, Robert. It took, it took, so it took some emotional maturity for you to do that. It took self-awareness for you to do that. It took self-management for you to do that. And, uh, and that's, and it took, it took you taking ownership and responsibility of, of your own emotions and, and, and feelings and stuff and where your, you know, your emotional fitness was at that time. And so that dude, that was awesome, man. I'm super proud of you for doing that, dude. That's, that's game changer. That's life changing stuff, man. When you, when you take the time to reflect and say, you know, okay, I, you know, I may have been on the receiving end of some some maybe bad scenarios or childhood stuff, which is true. Most people are and, and are yeah. on that, that scenario. But at some point, you got to take ownership and responsibility with, with where you're at. And, and either, you know, I can't, I, can't, I can't put the responsibility of me getting physically fit in your hands. You're yeah. not me. I've got to fix that, right? You can't say, well, my personal trainers. No, 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 no. It's your responsibility to, to, to be the best version of you that you possibly can be. Yes. And you did that. And I'm, dude, that's awesome, man. That's excellent. I'm proud of you for doing that. Thank you. I appreciate that. See, and I'm glad you said that too, because when people come to the gym, I get that all the time. Like, oh, I need you to fix me. I'm like, no, I can't fix you. You have to fix you. That's right. You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not calling you. Like, if you're going to pay me to come into the gym, get your ass here. That's right. That's <laughs> you, know? Right. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you pay for cable. Do I have to come to your house and turn on your TV? Right. Right. That's right. No. no, it's like your job is to show up. The right. second you walk through the door, that's when I punch in. Right. You know, that's it's right. like it's like you have to show up and be ready. You have to be hydrated. You have to be have your nutrition on point. You have to have the right mindset. It's like you like all of that is on you. 
I'll right. take you through the training. I said, but then when you leave, I punch out again and you punch back in. So I right. said, like, you have to discipline yourself for the, the other 23 hours in the day. I said, that's on you. That's right. And, and, and again, it goes back to, like I said, when I was overweight that one time, when I look, looked in the mirror and I was like, you are an all American athlete. Wow. I, was, I was like, you're a champion. That's right. And this is what you did to yourself. And mm. I, and I could have blamed that my, my ex ran out on me and my then infant son, you know, that, that, that's a great reason. Right. right. And, but I was like, no, like, it's cause I stopped running. It's because I stopped mm. going to the gym. I stopped playing basketball because when she left, I mean, I was blindsided. So it's not like I, I, she was already gone when I found out she left and my son was at the babysitter. So you know what I mean? So mm. it's like, uh, you know, world got flipped upside down, but, right. it, but it was easy. So for a few months, I just you know, got in that box. Oh, it's because she this, she this, she this, she that. But when I caught my reflection coming out of the shower, everything changed. I was like, Wow. I was like, you did this to yourself. And again, it has nothing to do with looks. Like I tell people, I'm not in the beauty industry. Right. right? It's like, right. It's like I don't, I don't tra- train pe- people to look beautiful. I train people to be healthy and badass. So when I, when I was looking back at myself in that reflection, I was like, this is not you. Right? Like you did not work your entire life to get here. That's so right. I, so I was like, nope. And so I got dressed, went through all of my all of my cabinets. I got rid of all the stuff. Like had I had I been a little more mature, then I would have donated the stuff, but I threw it all out. But all the junk food went down to a Gold's Gym because they had free free babysitting. And so I joined joined the gym, put put my son in the babysitting while I worked out. I bought a jogging stroller. All right, so I got a jogging stroller. So I got back to running, and I got back to play, playing basketball. And four and a half months, I dropped forty seven pounds. And and I vowed never happening again. Wow. And I had and I've had seven surgeries. And even in the seven surgeries, I still didn't gain weight. Cause, wow. Because I promised, like I promised myself. It's not like, okay, January 1st, I'm gonna lose 20 pounds. This is gonna be my year. Yay. And then by January 29th, <laughs> you're off the wagon already. It's like I, I looked at myself and said, This will never happen again. Wow. And so when people are dealing with their emotional baggage, when you're feeling at your lowest of lows, promise yourself you're not going to let that happen again. Mm. It's like take control of it. And too many times we want to put the blame on other people. Now, like if somebody else took you to a sunken place, you let it happen. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like you, you have the power to stop. Like my, my daughter, I feel like she can hear me now. I don't, I don't want to stir up her, her emotion but you know when she was going she was in a relationship where where the, the like the kid was he was very emotionally immature very i mean you know like i said she's 19 i think he was he was 18 or 19 at the time mm-hmm. and so and as i said earlier you know she's more of a sensitive type and he was just constantly on her because you know if he hurts her like it basically it's her fault that he hurt her feelings right you know rather than saying why like how like how you know like uh, you know, just didn't seek any info, just constantly telling her, oh, you need to work on your feelings. You need to work on your emotions. Like that shouldn't bother you. And so I would just keep telling her, I'm like, there's signs here. <laughs> Glaring, flashing, red lights are going off here. And and I would just tell her, I said, okay, so you know he is like this. How long are you going to deal with it? Mm. 
It's like, right. I'm, it's like, I'm not going to go to him and tell him, you need to stop doing whatever to my daughter. I said, no, no, that, that's not it. My job is to teach you to see the signs. <laughs> I said, that's and right. the signs are all over. That's right. I said, I said so if, you, if, he's, if he's putting tears in your eyes more than he's putting a smile on your face, you have to assess the situation. That's right. I said, because if you stay in this, it's on you. Right. You know, and I think that's where people bottle everything up inside because they don't want to face that realization that they did it to themselves. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. No, that's great. Excellent thoughts, Robert. When, when people realize that there are emotional tools that they can use, emotional exercises that they can use to, to implement on a daily basis to become healthier emotionally yes. as part of their emotional fitness program, they will stop having you know, if, you, if they were to graph their emotions, it may look like an EKG monitor, right? Yeah. You know, peaks <laughs> and valleys. But the healthier you get emotionally, not that you're not going to have peaks and valleys, but they're not going to be as extreme, right? It, now it looks like a sine curve instead yes. of an EKG monitor. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And so not that as humans, we're not going to have some valleys and stuff like that. But again, it's not going to be as extreme and, and you will be more aware and you'll be able to manage that valley a lot better than before you had emotional muscles uh, uh, prior. You know what I'm saying? Just like, yeah. again, just like fitness and stuff. So, no, I love that. That's that's excellent, Robert. Great, great thoughts there. See what I'm saying? About the hour going by fast? <laughs> I, I I just glanced up like 105. Holy crap. <laughs> I told you, it flies by. Like I, my first few episodes, I did a half an hour, and it's just too, too short. I was actually a guest on one a couple of weeks ago. It was 20 minutes. I was like, I, I, I can't even tell my intro story in 20 minutes. That's right. You know what I mean? You it's, it's like, like, like you want me to talk an entire topic in 20 minutes? Like, uh, like I'll, I'll try, but I gave him like such a watered down version right. that like it, it, like it just wasn't. I don't want to say it wasn't worth it, but but it's like if, if you're looking to really transform people. Like, yeah, people will tune in for 15, 20 minutes. The people like even now, there's still people on the live stream right now. And it's been an hour and five minutes. Those are people who are looking for something. Right. And that's what makes it worth it. So that's it's right. like, yeah, if I had a hundred people on for a 15 minute episode, but but it's like not all of them are really into it. Because 15 minutes, eh, that's nothing. If you're investing an hour plus, I would rather pour into these this handful of people that's on the live stream now versus than just trying to get numbers, numbers, numbers. Cause it's right. not it's not about that for me. Like I wanna I wanna actually change people's lives. Hey, that's right. Amen. You know? And that's it starts awesome. with and it starts with changing the thinking. So by bringing the bringing the guests on and we talk about all different facets of just overall well, wellness and you know bringing on guests such as yourself to just come in and just share share your story, share your background, share your passion, share that energy. You yeah. know? And then even if just one person gets something out of this, it was well worth the hour spent because you never know how many people that one person is going to help right. get their minds right and help get their, their emotional command. That's you know? right. You know, so it's like, yeah, it just might be a handful of people today, but that can blossom. And, and one thing I want people to understand, and then I'll give you the final word, is not everyone's going to like, share, and comment. You know what I mean? So if you're posting stuff on social or if you're putting videos out and say you get two likes, that doesn't mean only two people saw it. 
right? Because yeah. there, there was someone who messaged me. This was, I don't know, a few years ago. But they ended up losing 25 pounds just from following my posts. Never engaged, never inboxed me, never nothing. And wow. I, I would not have known this had they not inboxed me. Mm-hmm. And just said, thank you very, very much. You know, I've been watching your videos. I've been li- listening listening to, to your videos, you know, watching the, the before and afters of, of your clients. She's like, and you inspired me to take control of my, my health and my fitness. So she's like, thank you for that. And I used to do a tip of the day also. And then same thing. I would get no engagement on this thing until I stopped it. <laughs> and then I stopped it. Then my my inbox started blowing up like, hey, uh, you know, I was l- looking forward to the, the morning positivity. And I was like, oh, like, so people are paying attention, right. you know? So it's like, right. like we get blinded by the, oh, I had a million views or I had right. X amount of followers. I got the little blue check on my profile and Twitter and Instagram. And it's like, it's not, it's not even about that because people that have millions of followers, it's highly unlikely that they're going to have mi- a million people on a live stream. Right, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean. That's so, right. like, it's very, very rare. That's so right. it's like you'll just be surprised how much wider this is gonna go. That's right. Yeah. You know. So, right. give give us a final word, and then then we'll break it down. Y- yeah, for sure. So, Robert, so, first of all, thank you wait, so much. Sorry, 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 and also let people know where they can find you. All right, yeah, for sure. So, thank you so much. You know, for having me, Robert. It's been a blessing, man. To you know, pat uh, cross paths with you is awesome, man. It's Super cool to see all the value that you're adding to your audience and stuff on a regular basis. Thanks for letting me be a part of your, you know, your journey here. Um, so a couple things. One is I've got a free course at eqgangster.com that kind of gives a good overview on emotional intelligence that folks can check out. Again, it's free, eqgangster.com. Um, that's what our podcast is EQ Gangster. Our YouTube channel is EQ Gangster. Um and so, but yeah, yeah, that free course will be super helpful for folks to just kind of get an in, intro overview on emotional intelligence. And then also a powerful quote I want to encourage everybody with is emotionally healthy people help heal other people emotionally. Emotionally yeah. healthy people help heal other people emotionally. For example, one of the benefits of getting healthier emotionally is I started to learn personal and professional boundaries. I was not able to implement personal and professional boundaries prior to getting emotionally healthy because of my people-pleasing addiction, my emotional neediness. That is just one of the many, many, many benefits of getting healthier emotionally. As I learned boundaries personally and professionally, those around me also started to learn personal and professional boundaries because of, of my example. And doing it, implementing my personal and professional boundaries in a safe, healthy way that was non-threatening. It wasn't offensive. It was it was very safe and 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 um, you know out of love. It was from a place of love that I was doing it. But it was tremendously impactful for me to start doing that. And that's just an example of that quote: "Emotionally healthy people help heal other people emotionally." You are worth getting healthier emotionally. You're worth it. Your family is worth you getting healthier emotionally. Your children are worth you getting healthier emotionally. Your calling and purpose are worth you getting healthier emotionally. Thank you, Robert. Totally appreciate you, brother. My pleasure. So don't don't sign out, okay? Because uh, I have some some uh, connections for you with my other podcast friends, so we can help you spread the word. 
So thank you very much for taking the time in. And uh, this was an awesome conversation. Like I said, I told you before the show, this hour was going to fly by, and it sure did. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, man. I'll talk, I'll talk to you in a couple minutes. All right. So if you're tuning in late, I know I say this at the end of every show, but go back and watch the whole thing. It's an hour out of your life. But these hours are things that are going to help motivate you, help inspire you, help you break through any rut that you might be in, and especially with today's about emotional health. Because everybody's holding on to something. And if that's you, then reach out. You know, you can reach out to Noble, eqgangster.com. You can reach out to me. Reach out to a local therapist. Reach out to a friend. Reach out to somebody. Seven billion people on this planet. Somebody's going to be willing to help you, right? You don't have to go through it alone. We are here. We are here for you. All right? So that's all I have for you for today. I'm going to be back on Friday. Am I back on Friday? I'm traveling Friday, but I, I still might try to pull it off if I can. So I'll let you know about Friday. So you guys have yourselves a great day. And again, thank you to Noble for joining the show. Peace. I you've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.